Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 20, Finding Your Niche in the Community. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. This week, we're continuing our conversation about trust and faith, um, how a man is a man is of his word, what we're looking for in community. And then also, we, we talked a little bit at the end of the episode last week about finding your niche. Now, how do you pronounce that? Is that niche or niche? I've heard it both ways. Uh, okay. Don't ask me. <laughs> and, and I can, can you, barely spell. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you repeat some of the things you were saying there at the end of the last episode about uh, the things you value and you're looking for in community, subsistence, protection, community? Yeah, we, we were talking about the nine needs that every right. person has mm-hmm. that build into our wants, right? Yeah, let's, the, let's the review need- those again. The needs are affection, creation. We need to be creative. We need to make, build, do, right? Sure. We need recreation. We need entertainment, play, some kind of mm-hmm. entertainment. Freedom. We need to not be dominated and told what to do all the time. We need freedom to make choices, freedom to just freedom, right? identity we need a role a position and a way of gaining that role and switching between roles we all need understanding we need to have people here and see the world from our perspective to some extent right we need to understand other people's parts of that we need participation in something bigger than ourselves we need protection from the elements and the world and life and threats of animals or criminals or whatever. We all need subsistence, food, water, shelter, clothing, those things. Right. Yeah. So, and then, and then those are all um, ordered based on uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You can't, you can't move up to self-actualization and more deeper community until you have your needs met. Right. So shelter, food and uh and clothing are your basic needs water of course and then uh, you're not going to be having a philosophical conversation if you don't have those things so you're either working subsistence farming you're gathering you're doing whatever or you're if, if you're looking for another job you're unemployed you're going to be you're going to be distracted and by that activity, and it's going to keep you from moving to those higher levels, right? The community, you're, the you're interaction. Stuck surviving rather than thriving. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if, you, if you're taking care of subsistence and that's all you're at, you don't have an option to thrive. Right. And that's another reason why, um, why as gardeners, we, you know, side note, another reason why we need to form community and, uh, and get some variety, form community so that we can trade our stuff. You know, we, you've heard my use the example before that um, if I grow squash, it's going to get destroyed by squash bugs. So I can partner with you, you grow squash on your place and uh, I grow whatever you can't grow. And then we trade or we share or we, you know, or whatever else. And we get together or we do like we do in our, in our group our, our um, small group community, we get together and then we'll, you know, take all the apples we have from both places or multiple places and turn them into cider. We'll get together and, you know, can or do whatever else. Right. Right. 
Okay. And, 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 I, and I think I think what you're really talking about here, and Shudra loves to point this out. I mean, he just always is hammering on that 80-20, right? Right. Where I need to take care of the 80% of my own vegetables. I need to take care of the 80% of my own stuff on my homestead, right? Sure. There's this 20% where I can chase it as much as I want and my returns will be so diminishing, I start to lose ground on the 80% I was providing. Mm-hmm. And that's what community and fellowship are for. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that is where you find those niches to be a part of a community in that 20% that other people are not fulfilling. Okay. And sometimes not fulfilling it isn't because I'm not good at it, right? Let's say I could, for, for everything I don't do, I can focus more on some other area, right? So while I am fully capable of cooking up my stereo in my car myself, right? Mm-hmm. I might have somebody else do that, even if they can do it less well than me, because it frees me up to do planning what should be planted in my garden. Okay. And so part of being community, looking for a community and looking for your niche in the community is leaving a niche for other people. Even if you can do that one thing way better than they can by leaving somebody the chance to gain confidence, skills, and experience by doing it over and over and being a part of that community, you're actually facilitating the creation of community. Okay. Interesting. Because if there's no niche, there's no niche, they're always just going to be clowns at the gate. Mm-hmm. To, to come in, there has to be a niche, a role for them to fulfill. Okay. So what is your niche in our community? I am not totally sure. <laughs> I, I know I... <laughs> I I, I kind of organize stuff, right? Push ideas, um, but I'm actually very bad at that, right? Which is funny because you know we're perceived as the two leaders of our of our group, right? But I am very, very, very bad at managing people. I am very bad at organizing. I am much better sitting on my computer making it do cool things, right? Uh-huh. I am much better at growing a garden for myself than growing a garden for other people. Uh-huh. I am much better at researching and exploring ideas, right? Sure. But we have a deficiency of other people organizing. And I am watching myself fall down that hierarchy of needs, right? What do you mean and fall I down? Could... What do you mean fall down the hierarchy of needs? As civilization is going through this loss of shared identity shared value and approaching this world of chaos where you can't trust people right the closer and closer and closer i end up to my day is going to be taken up with subsistence uh-huh i think a lot and of our days are going thriving. to be taken up with a lot of our days are going to be taken up with subsistence right so i'm looking at my ability to thrive is dropping and the way out of that is to trust people and is community and to maybe fill a 20 percent 
for somebody else, right? The community has poor organizing. Right. I am terrible at it, but I'm stepping up to do it. Otherwise, we don't have a community. Right, right, right. And it's not what I'm good at. It's not what I even want to do. Uh-huh. But for community to be there, someone has to do it. So I'm doing things I, I'm not good at that I do not want to do that people can do way better than me. Mm -hmm. So that it happens, so that we can develop community, so that not only am I thriving, but the community is thriving. So that we can start to build those that trust that we talked about in that previous one, right? Right. Um, well, I think I it's think a trade off, as, right? It's a trade off. Yeah. I, I I I have to choose to do something that, in some ways, makes me miserable, yeah. so that we have a chance of making it easier to find subsistence while the world falls apart. Well, and I think the the roles shift a little bit based on as it's going on. Right. So, you know, as the community is stressed or, you know, in the different seasons or whatever else, then like our friend says, people are going to come and go and that's okay. And, right. you know, the roles may shift and the roles may change and that's okay. One of the problems that everybody has is they get locked in and they get comfortable and uh, we're living in a time of discomfort we're the most comfortable than anybody has ever been in, in history, but we are, we are internally and also increasingly externally um, in discomfort. Yes. This point will tie in real well. Um, people are starting to take over some of that, right? Mm -hmm. But it was a, I don't know how many times I recommended we have a weekly call before I just set one up, right? Right. Everybody's always approaching it, looking for somebody else to do so that they can join mm -hmm. because they don't trust. Right. Well, and it's also because, you know, the, the cares of the life, right? The pride of life, all that stuff, you know, the, um, it chokes, like a fool. well, it chokes out the, confidence. it chokes out the seed, but um, yeah. And I mean, that's what we did with our GSD workshops is, Hey, I'm not that great at this, but I'm going to show you what I know, or we're going to learn it together. I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> we have a workshop in a couple of weeks or a week where, uh, where I'm going to demonstrate grafting and I've been grafting for a few years with variable success and my graphs look kind of, uh, sloppy and messy and, you know, and I usually cut my hand at least once, sometimes multiple times. I, I watch these videos and these guys are like crazy. They're like, they put their thumb this way and then they cut towards themselves. But they say, oh no, I've got my hand here bracing it and I've got my thumb here bracing it. But when you go into, when you go into a scion or a rootstock, it's, it's resistance. And then all of a sudden it's really quickly not resistant. And I frequently cut myself because of that. So I can't cut back towards myself. I have to do it, do it differently or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's like that. But once again, I may show you wrong, <laughs> but I'm not shying away from showing somebody what I know. Right. And we'll figure it out together. Yeah. And, and we're going to do that. And people are taking over the meetings, right? That we have more people coming up with topics. We have more people organizing 
workshops like this next one was organized by someone else which is great right but as a very wise person that i've listened to a lot lately says it's not fair but it's your responsibility Ooh, okay right and the world is falling apart and i didn't cause it because it's outside of my control right right and it is not fair it is not just but it is my responsibility to do what i can within my sphere of influence and sphere of control mm-hmm. and so if I, I have two choices i can become the victim and go into that drama tri- triangle we talked about last week or i can step up and do something even if it isn't much so i pushed for a weekly call i pushed for this i pushed and i pushed and as people joined right that confidence has built inside the community and more and more people are starting to fill niches Mm -hmm. which means i get to step back some right so if someone doesn't know what their niche is what what can they do to figure it out we've talked about step out we've talked about you know, it may not be fair, it may not feel good, but take responsibility and, and it's your responsibility and you can, you know, take responsibility to lead the meeting, whatever, right? Um, right, right. What if, if someone says, I don't know what my niche is or their world's getting rocked and, uh, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't know what to do. What's, what's the next steps? What are some steps that some folks can take? I, I, I've got this one. Because it's the number one excuse that we get for people not coming to a workshop. (laughs) Okay. I'm not interested in grafting. Ah, I I don't care about Bitcoin. I don't want to grow a garden. That's not something I want to know. Or I know all there is to know about that. That is choosing to participate only where you're an expert. Or only when you can consume. And it's valuable to you, right? Right. But you're choosing not to find a niche. Uh-huh. Because you find that niche by showing up and looking and seeing what are the 20% that people are not doing, right. that they can't do. It, and, and it's very hard, right? But you have to show up. You have to take the trade-off. You have to decide... I'm going to go listen to some idiot talk about grafting and putting bean seeds in the ground (laughs) because I need community and doing that over and over and over during the talking time, during the sharing time, somebody will mention that they need something done that I can do. Right. Right. We've had that discussion on the call, right? Uh What are the things that I have around that I don't use? And one of the things that came up was one of the guys has a sewer snake for cleaning out sewers, right? Oh, yeah. And so when I had my sewer problem, I was like, I don't have to call a plumber. And he's coming over to the workshop tomorrow. Maybe he can bring that. Yeah, that's good. But if he wasn't showing up to things that bored him, and I wasn't showing up to things that I'm not necessarily interested in, we never have that conversation. We don't have that conversation. You can't find the niche. Sure. We can't determine that we both value honesty, help, or whatever, unless we're communicating. 
So the number one thing you do to find your niche is you show up and you participate. Uh huh. Because sitting on your couch and saying, well, they're not doing the one thing I like. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Well, you could also show up and you could do a workshop on that thing you like. Right. I mean, we, we pretty, we're pretty open. We, we try to keep it to a limited number of things that we're not here for three weeks doing workshop after workshop, right? And we try to keep them short. Some of them succeed, some of them don't. But that's what's building that area for you to see the value that other people need that you can provide. Uh-huh. And sometimes you do one you don't like, right? I mean, right. We, we've had some that were kind of, you know, boring or not even fun to do, right? Right. But yeah, well, you, but you do them because somebody learned something or to keep the process going, to be there for the other parts that happen, like when people start bringing snacks and the culture starts to develop and we get to that thing. And, and the barter blanket does that too, right? This person sure. likes this thing. Oh, so sure. that, they value that. I value right. that. Right. And you start to see that commonality. and That's how you find those niches. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was funny because uh, Audrey came for uh, for the workshop and she liked the electrical demonstration the best. Right. Because it reminded her, her dad worked at the electrical company and, and uh, but she liked the way that the whole thing and the meters and all that other stuff was uh, really interesting. And, uh, and, you know, not, not so much everything else, but, you know, that was, uh, there was value there. So. And um, that, that, that's how the chicken feed came up, right? Sure. She was at that workshop and somebody said, so what are you feeding the chickens? And we went and looked at the feed, right? And she says, well, I kind of like the way that looks, right? Yeah, much better than the feed we were having, yeah. Right, and she started getting more eggs, even oh, in winter, yeah. right? Yep. So that exchange on something that sounded uninteresting or parts of it that I was not interested in, Mm-hmm led to everybody having a benefit right right it's showing up it, it it's it, and the other way you find your niche is some of us need to leave more room for others to have a niche right oh uh, yeah you leave space every, for others right right and everybody started to notice that i'm not jumping in as much right away on the call right uh-huh well, that's part of me leaving room for other people to find their niche right they need the chance to talk and as we're getting more and more comfortable i need to step back how much i am talking so that other people get a chance to talk so that they get to participate and as they participate they find things on that list of needs like they get heard they get understood they start to find a niche an identity and a role they find their human dignity right uh-huh. all those build a bigger stronger better community right that's good i like it because not only do you have to bring something to the table but you have to look at what other people have brought to the table and leave them room to provide some value yeah and i think the leaving the room leaving room for others you know to step up even if they don't step up, right? You know, but leaving room there for those, those, um, what do they call serendipitous conversations, right? Right. 
like that, like that uh, chicken feed, or, I mean, I've had conversations like that too. Oh, really? Wow. What are you doing with that? Right. And right. you never would have had that conversation if it was planned, but being in proximity and fellowshipping, right. Brings, uh, brings a lot of that together. And this is one of those things that happens when you're face to face that cannot happen when you're on a call or you're at a once a month meeting or a yearly meeting or that once or twice a year meeting, those things don't happen, right? It needs to be that face-to-face thing yeah. regularly because somehow it facilitates it because we're human. It, our, our minds don't work as like much as we'd like. They're not really logical. They're not really linear. They don't follow a a leads to b leads to c leads to d leads to audrey finding chicken food and me finding a snake it was a jumped to d right right sure and it's in leaving that room that we can start to take people that are the outsider the clown at the gate the other and leave them an opportunity to explore their potential to be human, to find their dignity, to climb up that hierarchy of needs and join the community because they fill a niche. We've gotten rid of, there's been a lot of people that talked about how we've gotten rid of initiation. There is no initiation for a teenage boy or girl to manhood or womanhood. Right. Well, there's also no initiation into the community, into the fellowship, into the culture, into the shared values, because we try to provide everything we can by going and working at a job and then going to Walmart and Amazon to buy it. Mm -hmm. We don't leave any room for somebody to say, hey, I got extra chicken eggs here are some chicken eggs and they start to fill that niche inside the community or somebody to say, I raised an extra beef or somebody to say, I sew quilts. So here are some quilts. And I hear that you, you know, there's a new baby born in the community, right? There's a quilt, there's somebody knitting socks and there's somebody building a crib, right? All those things provide niches and roles that could be filled. Yeah. Or even, you know, how many of us run out to Home Depot and rent something or buy something when, you know, that we may not use very often, whether it's a chainsaw or whether it's a log splitter, whether it's, you know, or rent it. Right. So I'm, I've got, I've got firewood. I'm going to run out to Home Depot. I'm going to rent a log splinter and I'm going to split a bunch of logs. When then I find out later that uh, one of our friends has a log splitter you know, if I would have left that space or, you know, develop that community to the point where I'd say, Hey, you know, any of you guys got a log splitter, then, then we, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have to have to had to go to home Depot and and rent one. Right. Right. And sometimes that comes up with, yeah, I'm going to go to home Depot and rent a log splitter. One of the guys goes, why are you running one? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, 
it's those kind of things. I'll bring it over and help you split your logs. You come over, help me split mine or sure. however that works. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think this is this transitions to another section of this, right. Mm -hmm. With using our job instead of our job using us. Yeah. Maybe we should keep that for the next episode. I think we can, but I just thought we would just drop that in there that there are ways to not be so tied to our job right doing the job but looking for people to bring into the community finding those others that we can bring in and also doing some of this networking and learning to spot the niches the roles and the things that people can fill in our community or that we can hand off to them that sure. allow them to start exploring Good. Well, now you've got and a I'm preview sure. of what we will cover in the next episode. So this this will be a tie-in or a follow-up to episode five, where we talked about being a wage slave, you know, the diary of a wage slave. So skills we can be practicing. Yeah. So that we're not being used and we're getting some extra value out of it. Right. And then we can bring back to the community. Yeah. Right. And then have how to use your job rather than your job using you. And in, in addition to that, so not only do you have what skills can you share amongst yourselves, but then also how do you keep from being used at your job? You'd be surprised, but that's remarkably a mindset. It's a mindset that, uh, you know, the, and it'll keep you from being surprised if uh, your company's bought out and, uh, you're not going through the transition or whatever. So mindset is highly important. It's yeah. that mindset of last, last podcast, we talked about that mindset of trust is risk, but I'm going to risk. Right. And here we're talking about leaving room for somebody else to do, to leave that room for the 20%. Those are mindsets that we don't practice a lot. And they're keeping us from being able to build that trust, the faith sure. in the community. That sounds good. Sounds like a good stopping place. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast this week. And uh, you've, got a, you've got a preview of what we're going to cover next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out on our website, thriveinthefuture.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Thriving the Future. And come join our community chat on Telegram. It has a link in the website. This podcast was produced by Scott, the Freedom Farmer, freedomfarmer.net.